Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza, featuring myself once again, Daniel Finton, alongside my lovely London local lad of a co-host, Alfie Coleshaw. Alfie, happy belated birthday. How are we doing today? What are you saying, lads? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm decent. It was a decent 19th birthday for myself. Um, yeah, speaking of, of birthdays, yours tomorrow. Pretty close. Yes. Together. Yeah, yeah. we're uh, we're brothers. Um, we, we have a very close birthday, <laughs> and that's um, really not that interesting, I know. But um, what you what'd you do for the occasion, Alfie? Uh, well, woke up. I'm not going to go into the intricacies of that, but <laughs> went to the Arsenal match on Saturday. Uh, lovely win to, you know, kick it off. Then later that night, went out, went to the pub, went to Shoreditch, which is some like trendy area in uh, sort of East London, if you don't know, uh, with so like four or five of my friends. Uh, went to a bar, eventually went to a club, got pretty fucked, not going to lie. Uh <laughs> And yeah, that that was it. Pretty decent. Nice, Alfie. You spent s- yesterday. Uh, well, I had to do a bit of the work for the covering the West Ham game, but spent a lot of it recovering. Oh, hungover! I see. Yeah, yeah. So you couldn't even legally do that. Not until tomorrow. Until I'm turning, tomorrow. Yeah, I'm which turning. is which is mental. Yeah. So yes, I am getting fucked up tomorrow for the for <laughs> the first time. Dot, dot, dot. That's um, just mental to me. So that means you've never been to a club? Uh, no, no. Actually, it's weird yeah, though. You, you you could get you in. Can't the, get in. You but you, oh, could, you can you can here. You just have to have X's on your hands. What? Yeah, and that you just can't do anything. I don't see what the point of going to a club or bar is if you can't fucking drink. But yeah, no, I could exactly, if I wanted yeah. to. Frankly, I'm not like you. Uh, I'm not a social <laughs> butterfly that hangs out with five people at a time, man. Um, oh, fair play. I'm just going to hang out with the missus, probably go to Cheesecake Factor. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Um, I haven't, though. It's a nice American place that gives you horribly unhealthy cholesterol-filled food, followed <laughs> by a horribly unhealthy sugar-filled dessert. So just going to have a quaint little dinner, um, get fucked up. Oh, romantic. And then, yeah, yeah, just keep... I'm a classy guy, you know? <laughs> just, uh, dude, I, I am the... The prestigious host of this amazing podcast so i have an image to uphold you know what i mean yeah yeah you can't be seen can't be seen you know drink driving like larice yeah and i can't be killing kids and shit like uh the chelsea alonzo you know i can't be doing that kind of stuff that would ruin my reputation so i have to can't be murdering yeah random innocent people and well even worse remember when he elbowed bellerin in the face Oh yeah, fucking cunt. <laughs> That's so much worse. Than that is killing so much worse. Than, yeah, than murdering. <laughs> yeah, so actual murder. So, so speaking of, um, oh god, uh, murder and <laughs> everything like that, we we murdered West Ham. Yeah, but we we really didn't, did we? I mean, we did not murder them by any stretch of the imagination. On the day, I don't know how you feel about it, Alfie. Uh, the possession was was strongly in our favor and everything like that. We had more passes and. All the normal Arteta stuff, but they had a few more chances than us, and they provided some serious danger. What did you make of the? What did you make of the match? You were there. Would you? Would you think I of was, your birthday match? Uh, 
I was left a bit disappointed with the performance, but the result is obviously excellent. I mean, it's just it's just a, a Premier League win. You know, we've seen how rare they are this season. I think what's that a nine now this season. I'm agreeing. I, I, I think I feel like I appreciate wins a lot more now. And yes, it was scrappy. Yes, we didn't really deserve it. I think the XG had them slightly on top. I think they had 1.6 something. We had 1.5 something. Um, it wasn't a great performance. It wasn't vintage. And yeah, there was there was a lot left to be desired and a lot of sort of tactical elements of the game that I'm sort of... I think that... that to deserve debate, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, starting off, I guess with the with the starting lineup. Obviously, Leno was in goal once again. That wasn't surprising to anyone. That back four, though, would you make of the back four of uh, Saka, Marie, Socrates on the right back, and then obviously Louise partnering Marie in there? Would you make of that back line? Was that sufficient? Uh, I wouldn't say I was surprised by any of them, apart from maybe Socrates. Um, at right back, Socrates still don't fucking know. Um, mm-hmm. I said that last week, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I was listening to Ask Us and they were sort of discussing it and it was quite a strange one because you'd have thought Bellerin would come back in. Um, but apparently, I think Ornstein said today that uh, Bellerin is nursing some sort of groin issue, sort of groin issue, uh, injury. So he's not quite at 100%. I think that's been reflected in his last few performances. So in that sense, I can see why particularly with Man City coming up and, and Brighton away next weekend, uh, why he may have, uh, why he was left out of the starting at, uh, 11 in this game. I think, again, surprisingly, you could say, why isn't Maitland-Niles more sort of used in that role? He's a lot more athletic and sort of suits that role and has played there a lot more than Socrates. I think that boat has sort of sailed and I think it is the end for so- Socrates. Uh, sorry, for Maitland-Niles. Mm potentially probably at Arsenal because it I mean there was a damning quotes last week so yeah that surprised me at the time but now it's been cleared up I sort of understand it but that was that this game in particular when for a Premier League game you know we've seen Socrates or Socrates I'm just gonna say one of the, I'm all over the place here uh <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say fucking Socrates okay a Greek philosopher yes uh yeah I've lost where I was. Uh, yeah, yeah. The fact that we've seen him play in cup games, but the fact that in a league game when Bellerin wasn't fit, Maitland-Niles was starting over. Uh, wasn't even in the on, in the squad and wasn't starting over Socrates yeah. there. That sort of this felt like the the game where it was like, you know, we'll hardly see him in an Arsenal show again, probably. Yeah, I think that is kind of what it seems like, and I know that this um, individual that I'm about to quote is not a reliable source or anything. And they're solely an entertainer, Mm. not a journalist or anything like that. But, um, I watch AFTV because I think it's funny. Um, (laughs) not for the insight by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I refer to Arshcast for that. And I'm not just saying that because Andrew was sweet enough to come on our show. That's what I watch for insight. And then AFTV comedy, basically. Um, (laughs) troops was saying actually outside of the Emirates, he saw, um, I think he said he saw like Leno, Ozil, and Maitland-Niles. And I think that Arteta's issue with Maitland-Niles is kind of reflected in what Troops was saying about when he saw him. Um, he, mm. he asked Maitland-Niles basically, and obviously Maitland-Niles was not going to tell Troops 
the reason why, you know, why the fuck would he? But he was like, um, Troops basically asked him, why aren't you playing, man? You know. And uh, Maitland-Niles was like, I don't know. And it's like, dude, what? Like, I'm sorry, but like, you know, like a professional footballer nowadays is kind of expected to be a bit more diplomatic and political and things like that. He, mm. Any other player in that situation would have been like, yeah, you know, uh, the manager's not choosing me at the moment. Obviously, I'm just, just trying work to work hard and sort of get yeah. myself back into it. Yeah, and and this gold chain donning alpha is just like I, I guess it wasn't in the media. It was just with a random fan, so maybe that played a part, and maybe he just couldn't really be asked to really explain yeah, it. Yeah, if, it was, if gonna... he was in an interview with someone, you know, like oh. on TV, he might yeah, he might elaborate <laughs> a bit and you know give a diplomatic political answer. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I just, I don't know, man. I, the, when I heard that, I was kind of like, oh, okay, shit, all right. <laughs> so, but I just think, you know, that's Maitland Niles' uh, that's kind of his yeah, demeanor, I get what you mean. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure Arteta's too, too big on that. But with that being said, I made a tweet during the game. I don't know if you saw it. Um, I said, I think I have. is Arteta kind of freezing out? Uh, obviously, Arteta freezing out Maitland Niles is just a statement. You know, mm. it's a statement. That's what it is. Um, I'm all for managers making statements and putting their foot down. But when it's to the hindrance of a team, is that too far? You know, I mean, like you look at, um, for example, I think right away of when Unai Emery just froze out um, Mezzadozo. You know, I, I'm like you, Alfie, kind of under the impression that Ozil's time here should have been done a long time ago. And it looks like that's the case again. And maybe we'll get into that here a bit later, looking further up the lineup. But, I mean, is it a statement that Arteta should be really looking to make? Or do we kind of need Maitland-Niles at the moment, given the fact that Bellerin is just coming back from this long-term injury and Socrates? I wrote it in my piece for weloveyourarsenal.co.uk. Plug. Love you. Um, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, but I wrote in that Socrates just provides us with zero um, attacking outlet, kind of. You know what I mean? And it's not yeah. his, it's not his fault. He's a center back. So what do you, what do you make of that? I would probably not agree with that. And I I was I remember arguing uh, quite aggressively uh, back in that sort of Urzel Emery saga on Emery's side. And I, don't th I think a manager should not fold on their principles. And I think that was a part of the downfall for Emery in the end. You know, he sort of lost authority in the dressing room because he folded on his principles with uh, with Ozil. I think Arteta has established these non-negotiables. And if a player isn't meeting them, you know, hard work, a good attitude in training, giving their all on the pitch, you know, if they're not meeting these non-negotiables that, that he talked about when he became manager, that, that there's no reason for them to play. It doesn't matter if we need them in the team. And I guess we won the game. So, yes, it wasn't the greatest performance. And yes, Socrates didn't really add an awful lot offensively. The, the, the team selections ultimately justified because we won the game. And again, with the sort of shape that we fall into in possession, that right back doesn't really have to offer much offensively, which is actually something I want to get into later because I've got mm. a sort of tactical element to that. But yeah, so I think I would not agree with that. And I'd say Maitland-Niles should not play if 
uh, if Arteta does not deem him, you know, earning of a place in the in the starting eleven. Yeah, I, I I do think that's a good point that you bring up. But I mean, looking at um, another individual that's also known for his nonchalant manner is is Ozil. Mm. And is there something that maybe Ozil is doing in training that? I think he's working hard, and I think it, that's reflected in his sort of you know distance covered stats and pressing stats. Uh, you know his pressures and his uh, distance covered. I think they're they're a lot higher under under Arteta than they were under Emery, and I think he's getting more out of him in terms of the physical aspect of the game. Maybe not the best out of him in other aspects, but I think. Yeah, I, I think Meza Ozil is clearly, uh, he is sort of hitting those non-negotiables. He's, he's with Arteta, so that, I think that's why he's playing. Because I, I do see Arteta as someone who is able to, I think his man management skills are looking in these early stages pretty well. And I think he is able to stamp his authority down. And yeah, I wouldn't put Ozil on that bracket. Otherwise, I don't think he'd be playing. I don't think Arteta would just be playing him just because he played with him. Yeah, fair enough. And you know, it's impossible for us to tell. We're just a couple Exactly. A couple geezers that run a a little tiny fruit shop of a podcast, isn't it? So I mean, you know, there's no way of us to tell, obviously. Either he has a man crush on Ozil or Ozil's just hitting all the objectives that he wants him to in training. You know, and there's mm. there's no way of us telling that. But yeah, I think it's <laughs> it's it's hard to disagree. Obviously now though, we've got Cedric coming back to 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 full mm. fitness. Do you think that maybe we're going to see a bit of Cedric in there now um, over over the likes of Socrates yeah. at right back? Oh, yeah. I think as soon as Cedric is fit, we won't be seeing Socrates at right back again. Um, but, yeah, uh, on the game, not great in general. It wasn't, was it? Mm. It was a uh, it was a bit a bit cagier in the... Uh, Actually, no. Like KJ, I guess is a bad word or wrong word for it. Not KJ. It was um, end to end. Really, I'm used to saying KJ. Um, it was an end to end game, wasn't? It? I mean, Bowen obviously hitting mm. the the post there, and the first minute of the match saved off um, off of Leno there onto the post, and then uh, Socrates had the crossbar in the uh, in the first half as well. I mean, it was mm. pretty pretty back and forth, wasn't? It? I mean, West Ham. I, I don't gave know us if trouble. I'd describe it quite as end to end. I think it was a lot of our, us keeping possession, moving around the box and not really being able to penetrate their defence and them sort of hitting us quickly in the transition. I get what you mean by mm. the fact that we had a lot of play at that end, at their end, but they had the bigger moments at our end. Yeah. and you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I would agree with that. And do you think that yeah. them having so many chances was down to them their, and then their press they were doing just being effective or was it kind of a self given I guess you could say um symptom of of our kind of wayward passing in the midfield because there was a lot of a lot of giveaways wasn't there in that game for us yeah particularly first half I think and early on in the game if you think of that that Bowen chance you just mentioned there it was a result of Shaka giving the ball away from his own third um from within his own third I think that was definitely a theme of the first half, giving the ball away a lot. I also think uh, the pivot of Shaka and Sabios, 
as much as it can be good on the ball and progressing the ball from deep in that aspect, I think we did see at times the sort of, and I know uh, Sabayos actually put up pretty good defensive numbers. I think he made 11, sorry, six interceptions and five tackles, which is very good for someone who's not supposed to be defensively minded mm. midfielder. But I, I do think we saw times where that uh, pivot struggles to deal with uh, sort of mobile attacks and, and to stop the transition, which is something we have done well under Arteta. And I couldn't help but think maybe that's the, the, the absence of Lucas Torreira, a bit more mobile and a bit more able to cover sort of spaces and block passing lanes. So that was definitely a problem throughout the game. Um, but I also think offensively, we, there was there was not enough movement and Ketia was in, extremely isolated um, and he kept coming very deep. In fact, I looked at the uh, average position maps, uh, average positions for each player and, and Ketia was deeper than both Aubameyang and Pepe. And that says a lot about him getting frustrated and coming looking for the ball deep, not providing that focal point, which Lacazette did actually bring when he came on. And I think Pepe as well was guilty of dribbling uh, you know, overdoing stuff in the first half and particularly mm. it got a bit more direct in the second half, but that was a problem. Yeah. Damien was virtually non-existent in the first half. Apart from that great little chip into Socrates for the for the, our best chance of that half uh, when he hit the bar. So yeah, offend, it wasn't good offensively or defensively in that half at all. So yeah. No, it, it really wasn't, was it? And I, I do want to touch on something you said about Pepe because that has been a concern mm. of, of many um, since he's since he's arrived, basically. He does seemingly kind of dribble himself in dribble himself into cul-de-sacs, doesn't he? You know, he, mm. he kind of gets himself trapped somewhere and he's like, oh, shit, I've held onto the ball too long. I've got nothing to do now. You know, I mean, uh, the, the first um, image that springs to mind, I guess, is the was that against Olympiacos when he beat about six players or something like that? <laughs> I kept going inside and out of the same guy like, about Pepe, eight times. Pepe, you literally did the hard part, man. Why don't you just have a fucking shot? You know, like just go for it. Take a take a take a shot. And he's like, nah, man. I gotta dribble it across the line, son. You know, and I just <laughs> Uh, it, it could get frustrating at times, can it? And yeah, I, I do think mm. you also made a good point about um, Enketia coming coming really deep in there because he was just so isolated in that first half. Um, obviously, mm. like you were saying, Lacazette coming on in the um, 59th minute for him. Lacazette scoring the only goal of the game as well. Um, mm. Assisted by Mezzarozzo and also VAR, wasn't it? So um, VAR, like I titled in my article plug again wow um <laughs> to the rescue and our favor for once i mean how how shocked was everybody in the stadium to see that alfie yeah it uh i mean i was surprised when it was given offside because i was like i mm. didn't really see that and i was behind the goal so i didn't really have a direct sort of view of the line of the of the back four but i didn't think urza was anywhere near offside I, I saw they were having a big debate on this about this on Askcast, and James was complaining, and I, I do sort of see where he's coming from, in that it's less, it's really frustrating when you're in the the stadium because you've paid to go to the game, um, and then you don't get to see the highlights. For example, when you're watching the game, as soon as they show the first replay, you probably knew it's onside, it's going to be given. Yeah. Whereas in the stadium, 
we didn't have a fucking clue for about five <laughs> minutes until mm. was it Martin Atkinson uh, did the thing, did the, the gesture. Yeah. For me, that was more exciting in the stadium, actually, having the tension. And I know that's probably yeah. quite controversial because a lot of people want to have a bit more transpa- transparency and know what's going on and see the replays for themselves. But I found the, the tension kind of exciting, but also, I mean, scary because you're like, you're praying it was on site because <laughs> yeah. I don't have a fucking clue. But yeah. Well, it, um, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what. We're mm. going to have the most hated podcast because I agree with you. Um, mm. I just don't think it's really logical to show the replay in the stadium. And I'll tell you why. Obviously, the referee should be confident enough in their own, um, I guess you could say, deciphering decision. of a yeah. difficult decision, you know, to, to be able to make the decision, even if the crowd's like, oh, he's not offside, he's not offside, you mm. know, or anything like this that. This was not difficult, this one. This was no, so clearly onside. You know what I will say, though? I don't know if maybe they didn't know if um, Nelson was somehow or another uh, um, affecting the play. Yeah, but he wasn't. You know? he, he didn't go any. He didn't go anywhere near the ball, really, did he? Well, shit, Alfie. It's Martin Atkinson. He was trying to get <laughs> us to, you know. Yeah, they tried. VAR tried as hard as possible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, I I hate him as a referee almost as much as I hate Mike Dean, but um, huh. yeah, I think that's that's why it took so long because Oza was clearly on sides. It was clear as day, and yeah, like you said, mm. since I was watching on the telly, I knew pretty much immediately but yeah Lacazette uh another goal for him isn't it so I mean he was mm. obviously struggling with form started on the bench this game came on made the impact that was expected of him obviously he's a striker his job is to score goals um and he's, he's kind of been doing that lately hasn't he have you been kind of happy to see the I, I wouldn't call it a resurgence of Lacazette but the fact that he's able to he's he's being able to put the games yeah, he's putting the ball in the back of the net again, basically. How happy are you yeah. to see that? I think it was always bound to come. Because it's not like he wasn't getting the chances uh, in his barren spell. He was getting chances. He just wasn't taking them. And, you know, all the statistical people out there will say finishing is random, essentially. You know, mm. eventually, if, if, you, if you miss loads in a long period, eventually you will start scoring them again because that's just how finishing works statistically. Right. And it's the same with, uh, if you look at earlier in the season, um, everyone was talking about how Vardy's uh, conversion rate was exceptional. Um, and he was, you know, he was scoring almost every shot he took. That's clearly caught up on him. That's just not sustainable. And eventually, and now he, he's on a goal drought. So I do think it was always going to come back for Lacazette. Um, and it's great that it's happened at the time it has when we've, when we've been looking for more goals. On, I wanted to touch on something you you mentioned about Pepe not taking off shots. I think that's a problem for the whole team. And, you know, we our shot volume was very low again in this game. I think it was only nine shots throughout the whole 90 minutes. And that is a problem. If you look at the XG map. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you look at the XG map, uh, a lot of our chances are actually, well, let me just have a look. The XG map for that game. While you're uh, taking a look at that, while you're taking a look at that, may I just say um, about the Vardy goal drought? He just bagged the mm. double today in Leicester's four 0 win over Aston Villa. Oh, has he? I, did, I yep. completely forgot that game was happening. Fair play. You cursed. <laughs> you cursed Aston Villa. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, yeah, he's, he's just 
just about two in two minutes after I've said it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we don't take. If you look at the XG map, we don't take many speculative offer, uh, efforts. We're sort of waiting for the perfect chance, waiting to move it into areas where it's a great opportunity to shoot. I think that is a problem with a lot of players on our team. I think Urzel is probably a prime example of that. It looks like he's petrified mm. to shoot. Yeah, I can't that, the last uh, time he shot, he's probably. I think he's one. taken about three shots this season, even against Newcastle. His goal he scored. It looked like that was an accident that he shot. <laughs> <laughs> looked like he was trying to control it or something, and that's why it's such a weak finish. But I mean, yeah, it, I think that's a that's uh, I think a lot of our team can be criticised for that, and that has been a problem under Arteta. As much as we've improved defensively and sort of reduced uh, shot numbers on our goal, we're not taking or creating the volume of chances we'd like and the quality of chances. Um, and this is the sort of tactical element I wanted to talk about. Um, and this is exactly what I was thinking in the game. And then James uh, mentioned it in Arscast. Uh, if you look at the structure that we play with, the three-two-five, uh, with the sort of inverted fullback who, who goes into midfield and then the five forwards, it's always the left back, which is so Saka on the far left, Pepe on the far right, uh, Lacazette or Nketiah in the middle and Aubameyang and Pepe sort of in the inside half space areas. Sorry, Abaming and Anozel. I think if we could restructure that, it could get better. It could get more out of certain players. Mm. If you get what I mean. If, if you yeah. put you know Pepe on that far right hand side doesn't always have the effect. And I think this was a problem in this game. We had Pepe and Urzel on that right hand side. Urzel's going really far wide so he's quite ineffective for a lot of periods. They're both left footed and you know we don't have Socrates in that five so we don't have anyone supplying an overlap and it makes us quite one-dimensional, quite unbalanced on that side because Ozil and Pepe both naturally want to come inside. If we had a left footer and a right footer, like we do on the left-hand side, which is a lot more effective generally, where we have Saka going on the outside, applying that overlap, Aubameyang making those diagonal runs inside. On the right-hand side with Ozil Pepe, it is all a bit predictable because, you know, they're both inclined to come inside. If we were to reshape it and have the fullback, the right back, whether it's Bellerin, whether Bellerin can do that uh, at the moment with his sort of fitness problems or not, on the far side, or whether it's even Nelson, and we shift Pepe in one, so he's a bit, so he's in, on the inside, he's a bit more effective, he's a bit more involved in playing, it's a role he suits him more. Move Ozil or whoever is playing that central back into one of the deeper roles, uh, distributing the ball. I don't think Ozil can play that role, which is why I think Ozil's probably tactically uh, a bit of a liability in this setup. I do think that could be a way we could fix that sort of problem at the moment, if you get what I mean, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I mean, and, you know, I do think that we are going to see some systematic changes um, mm. definitely next season because it's not perfect, yeah. like you were and saying, it, I, obviously. Yeah, next season when he's had a transfer window to bring in mm. players that would suit it because personnel at the moment may is a problem yeah and i just i i do hope that um arteta unlike emery kind of looks to bring in players that all kind of can fit into one system you know no more mm. shoving square pegs into round holes i think you it's know, a lot need... to do with the board it is absolutely 
Yeah, and you know, like you look at we're gonna we're being rumored with guys like guys like William, guys like mm. um Pablo Marie or Pablo Marie, <laughs> um guys like uh Levin Kurzawas, who was actually thinking of. Um and we're being linked with those guys because of who their agents are, one, mm. and two, they're gonna be free. You know, and sometimes you kind of get what you pay for, isn't it? You know, you get yeah. like a player that fits into your system and yes, maybe they will cost 15 to 20 million pounds. Yes. The guy that won't fit in your system is going to be free, mm. but I mean, in the long term, is it going to be, you know, a good idea? And I just hope that Arteta going into the, into the summer can convince the board that we need to sign people that can contribute to his project, you know, exactly. the way that Arteta wants to play. Because I look at somebody like Pablo Marie, you know, and he, in that game, he looked pretty good with the ball at his feet. Mm. You know, he sprayed out a few good long passes in particular. I will say he does lack a bit of mobility though, doesn't he? Definitely. And I, I saw uh, comparisons to uh, a Saka actually. I, yeah, I think that's a brilliant comparison. He's mm. just the... Much uh, better on the ball, but... Yeah, I think I say much better looking. That too is <laughs> um, a good looking chap, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, very, very. I'll do, I'll do respect attractive. to to Murtisacker, but Marie is, <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah. he? Man so like you know, Marie. oh no, okay. No. But Antonio had him on toast. Then Gallus, he probably is. Oh, I bet he does. <laughs> he has his uh, his his wife in his um in his in his cover photo though. So oh, does he in his avi? Yeah, as as the football yeah. player says, you know, <laughs> and that and that AVI. Yeah, um, yeah, but it was a good result. Like we were like we were saying earlier, not the best of performances, but at the end of the day, it's a dub in the bag. Um, mm. We still sit ninth, though, Alfie, uh, five points off of the top, or five points. Oh, I can't read my own handwriting. Eight points <laughs> off the off the top four, though. I mean, that's not as bad as we thought really that's just how shit the league is this season isn't it and we're only five points off of um off of fifth place united and obviously fifth as we know i'm not going to bore you people listening again with it city may be banned from the champions league next season and maybe fifth is the place to finish Mm. um but alfie our next game is to manchester city who just lost one nil to manchester united yesterday in that Oh, two 0 Sorry, yep, right at the mm. end, McTominay. Um, shout out to Scotland. Um, in Old Trafford, I mean, United kind of have City's number, don't they? Mm. City always struggle against United. Yeah, well, this season anyway. I don't. What was it? I'm trying to think of one because I'm talking about another result too. That was a couple years ago. That that in particular, mm. I think going into the, I think it was when Slatan oh, was oh, still there. Oh, I think. Are you are you referring to the game where City could wrap up the title, and they were two 0 up yeah. half time and yes. they threw it away, lost three two. Yep, and, and I think like Pogba Sanchez, was on the double that day. Yeah, Sanchez had a big effect in that second half as well. I remember. I think he got two of the assists or something. Mm. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I think Pep str- struggles with that that occasion for some reason. I don't know exactly what it is, but hmm. one occasion they, that... I think they did the double over them last season, but this season they really struggled. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, well, then I, I sound like a bit of a weenie, but hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean. And the fact is they will not struggle against us, will they? Because every team shows up against us. Um, 
I have some some great news for City fans, some not so great news for us. There's reports indicating that both Leroy Sané and Kevin De Bruyne are set to be fit for the game against Sané us. Sané is. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's us to Shit. a T, though, isn't it? Oh, God. Yep. Yeah, we're going to... Uh, I, I guess I don't he, know he, about won't you, be, he won't be fully... He probably won't start because he hasn't played in months. And he won't be at his best. But still, fuck. But I think Sané is probably... I think you could argue that he's probably one of those players that's even more dangerous when they come off the bench. Mm. Yeah, but still, because, he hasn't played in like, what, seven months or something. True. Yeah, good point. But I wouldn't put it past him to score. Yeah. I, I just I wouldn't. Score hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> come on, 89th minute hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> it's inevitable. But, um, mm. yeah, it's a really important game for us, though, mm. isn't it? I mean, obviously, Professor taking on the pupil, Arteta. <laughs> Returning to uh, to meet up with his former boss, so that'll be an interesting one. Wednesday kickoff. That's kind of that's kind of weird, isn't it? Mm, Saturday, Wednesday. Mm. Not used to that. Yeah, it feels kind of feels kind of dirty. Well, I don't hopefully like it. it's warm um, no, up just... for next season. Saturday, mm. Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday. Yeah, wouldn't count on it. Um, <laughs> but you never know. Um, obviously, like I was saying, they lost their previous game to United. Um, if I think I'm probably horribly butchering this quote, but it's something like if we beat them and Liverpool win, they have a chance to to pick up the trophy already. If I'm not mistaken, I th- yeah, I think if we beat them and then they Liverpool beat whoever they're playing on the weekend, yeah, I think you're right. Wow, that is really depressing. And is what is it? It's March. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm. Oh my god. Well, I was hoping the yeah, only the good thing about uh, coronavirus potentially stopping sports events. The only good thing that would come from it would, would possibly be Liverpool's league title would be you know, held up or, or even taken away from them if they just have to fuck this league off. But, it, uh, you know, if we get something, that's very unlikely now, unless, unless there's some major turnaround and we don't even get to this weekend. What if Liverpool win the title but it's too much of a health hazard for them to give them a trophy. <laughs> well, because they've had that because <laughs> people have had their hands on it for years and years in the past. It, it, yep. Yeah, could could happen. <laughs> <laughs> they give up like a virtual trophy, like one you get on the PS4 or something. <laughs> and they can't touch it. They can't, you know, all jump on the guy with the trophy because, you know, can't yeah, contaminate. Coronavirus on deck. Mm. Coronavirus is serious, people. After you listen to this podcast, wash your hands if you're not already washing them listening. Yeah. Um, Alfie, I'm going to ask you this, and then I'm going to ask you about the 11, mm. and then we're going to get into questions because I'll be frank, we are both in shit form today, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, I can feel it. <laughs> this is absolutely shit I just, show compared to last week anyway. I know. Last week was like smooth like butter. This We're missing chances left, right, and mm. center, aren't we? Yeah, moving like Walcott. Oh. <laughs> That's a dreadful one. I'm trying to think of someone who missed chances. Like is it? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> no, not now, not now. But um, Darren Ben. I guess I. Darren Ben. Oh. Yeah. Uh, isn't like is that supposedly the French Darren yeah, Ben? According yeah. to who is it? I think that was Goldbridge saying yeah, that. Yeah. Fucking mug. Oh. Oh God! What a mug! <laughs> mug of soup, isn't he? Um. Yeah. 
What's your what? Are you confident, Alfie? Are you are you confident going into the game? Uh, no. <laughs> Quite frankly, me no. either. Uh, I do think it's a really interesting encounter. Just that whole Pep Arteta element to it, and and tactically, it will be extremely interesting to see whether you know Arteta adapts slightly to the opponent, which isn't something he's done so far. You you'd assume he'll go out and try and play his possession based style, but against the team he knows are the best in the league at that, the most creative team in the Premier League, uh, based on XG. Uh, um, mm. It's going to be interesting to see how Arteta approaches it in terms of how he sets up the team, whether he keeps with this 3-5-2 shape on, in possession, whether he maybe adapts slowly, um, and maybe whether I, personally, well, we'll get into what we do, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um and I'm actually looking forward to it in that sense from a, someone who's very into like tactical side of the game. But in terms of fan and sort of the emotional side, I'm fucking dreading it, <laughs> to be honest. You know what is the one good thing about this game for me? Mm. Is the fact that it's the day after my birthday. <laughs> so if, if this was on my birthday and I had to w- witness like a 3-0... Mm romp that would be a horrible birthday gift and i'd be drinking legally for the first time sad Sad. and that is not something that i want you know i want (laughs) i want a happy drink for the first time i want a happy drink i want to eat cheesecake that's all i want i want to puke alfie i just want to puke and be happy well i guess not not be happy while puking but i've had a good day Mm. before puking you know, so that's the one good thing that comes about it coming March 11th rather than the 10th. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. But I, I do agree with you, though. It, it uh, Tactically, it is going to be an interesting mm. matchup. And, you know, I, I do think Arteta is going to stick with his protagonistic philosophy. Mm. I can't see him switching up on that, to be honest. And How would you say? I do have a question. Would you go slightly uh, more well, cautious? That's actually what I was going to ask oh, you is how would you set up? Um, so I, I will answer you first and then I will also, um, accept your answer. Um, my answer is I would not set up in a more defensive way. I don't think that is who we are. I think that whenever we kind of set up to be more pragmatic, shout out to Unai Emery, um, we do not see the best of us. So when we get into our starting 11s a bit later, I think that the attacking manner and which I want us to play with will be kind of shown, you know, I don't want us to sit back and absorb pressure from city because I just think if we try to do that, we're going to get fucked. <laughs> I know United kind of played in a United played. Well, they played in that city game. I will. I think their performance has been overrated. And I'm sorry to be the killjoy all the time with this sort of shit, but yeah, I think they, I think well, they defended uh... well. Don't get me wrong. And I think, yeah, I think they defended well. And that's basically it. I don't think, you know, some of the things that have been thrown out, absolute tactical masterclass from Ollie. Come on. You know, it doesn't take a no, genius think... to sit in a low block mm. and it doesn't take a great manager to set up a team in a low block. I do think they did it well, though, because they did limit City to, ver- to very little. Um, they still had the better chances, in my opinion. And just, I, and just I, mm. statistically, they had a slightly higher XG. Um, if you discount, well, it doesn't matter. But yeah, statistically, they had a slightly higher XG. So 
I think they were slightly lucky that I Edison just... was a retard on two occasions. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was. I was gonna say. I do think that um, City did kind of shoot holes in their own boat mm. on occasion. You know, like their attack. My dad was saying this. Like any form of penetration, really, they would just kind of run up to the. the it kind of looked like like our the, like the right side of our attack. Mm. Um, well, they of, did a, a bit recently. The best you know, chance of the game with Sterling when Morris did it across. Oh my gosh! I don't know how he did. Mm. He had a rough match, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he wasn't great, and he's in a bit, a oh, bit of a poor form. That... Yeah, he is. He is, and you know, hopefully, he continues that against mm. us. Um, well, I guess let's get into our eleven. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll start off with I'll start off with mine. Obviously, we're both going to have Matt Macy and goal. <laughs> uh, <Of> <laughs> um, we're obviously both going to have Leno and goal. Um, I went with the back four. Personally, yeah, I went with Saka, Louise. I did go with Pablo Marie, mm. and then I went for, you know, the man. I'm about to say, okay, I said Bellerin, mm. but is Bellerin fit? I think probably, but I do think I think they're seeing everyone uh, whenever they play him as a bit of a risk. But we'll have to wait for the official. I think he'll probably have a press conference tomorrow. We'll have to see uh, the team news, but. I'd say Bellerin will be fit. Okay, fuck it then. I play him. That's my back four: Saka, Louise, Marie, Bellerin. I don't. Th- I, Cedric's obviously back in full training, like mm. we were talking about Not earlier. Fit, I don't know if this. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if this would be too soon for him. Mm. So that'll be my back four. What about you? Yeah, I'd probably agree. Um, Marie, I think. I've got a few concerns about his mobility, although on the whole he was pretty decent in that game, particularly on the ball. I've got a few concerns about his mobility um, and, you know, against sort of an agile striker like Aguero or even Jesus, that could be a bit of a problem. Mm. Um, And with Mustafi, I can't believe I'm maybe calling for Mustafi, but if he's fit, you know, he's a bit more experienced in this sort of game um, and aerially... uh, Aerially. Uh, no, nah, but I'd, I'd probably still stick with Marie. I think he deserves another game. Um, and Tierney could possibly be back, but I, again, I'd be very surprised if he was thrown in, kind of like Cedric, to a game of such big magnitude. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'll go yeah, with the same I, team, I just, same back four. Well, and I just think, especially with Tierney, he's going to have to work his way back into the 11, isn't he? Mm. I mean, even when he is 100% fully match fit, I don't think Arteta's going to pull out Saka for him, I think, to be honest. I, I think, think he will start playing because I think Saka, A, needs a rest at some point because he's played so much football. He's played basically every game, apart from that opening against Everton where Kalasnoch got injured. Mm. But also, I think Saka will go back into his more favoured uh left-sided role because that is essentially where he is naturally so i i think when tini's fit and ready to play i do think he will come back in well i do think yeah eventually he will inevitably make his way in given how much we paid and we're not a rich club we're broke as fuck so yeah i do think i'll eventually get back in but i don't know i've got a funny feeling that from the get-go it won't it won't be immediately you know um what kind of formation were you looking at? Were you going to be a 
Um, the same as usual? I actually was looking at slightly switching up. And I know, I don't think Arteta will do this. And I think he will stick to his philosophy. And I think we'll we'll see a, a side trying to sort of impose themselves to City. I think playing that 4-2-3-1 and midfield three of Shaka, Sabayos, Ozil is possibly suicidal in this sort of game. You know, I know it might give mm. us a bit more control, but I think it's just such a a midfield three that is possibly exposed. And personally, I'd I'd drop Özil and bring in Gwendouzi for a bit more protection. I still think we can play, we can attempt to impose ourselves in the city and play a bit of a possession based style with that. But I would adapt, as I was saying earlier, I would adapt the uh, the three two five, and I'd if Bellerin is capable of playing as the the sort of more attacking player and getting up and down, I would adapt it and have Shaka playing his auxiliary left back sort of role. Sabas and Gwendouzi is the two, and then Bellerin as the widest right uh, in the the front five with Pepe tucked in. I would I would trial it because you know we're probably not going to get anything from this. We might as well try out a new system and see how it works. Mm. Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Um, I went, I did go for the, I went for the typical Shaka Ceballos, Ozil, um, Ozil mm. in the number 10 position. But yeah, I, I kind of do see your point. Maybe that would be suicidal. Those are three, I would say, predominantly attacking players, mm. you know, and I think it's hard to, I disagree. Obviously, Jaka is kind of he's deep more lying, deep lying, yeah. I guess you could say. His, his quality but is he's progressing a, the ball from deep and contributing exactly, to attacking Exactly, yeah. So, it's, so that would be interesting, though, to see a kind of like more of a flat mm. three of uh, Ceballos, Jaka, and, and Guendouzi. And then, obviously, you would expect Ceballos to be the one maybe Terrell to, is gonna be to link the defense to the attack. In this game. He is. And, and you've heard he's out for the rest of the yeah. season, right? I mean that's that's an unfortunate unfortunate yeah. loss, isn't it? Um, he'd probably be playing in this exactly. game to be truthful. So yeah, that's a that's a big miss for us, and but you know you have to deal with it, and that's why you have to have a big squad. Um, man, you kind of swayed me on that. I'm kind of having second thoughts. <laughs> I, I think it's fair enough to go I think, Shaka Sabas Özil, hmm. uh, in that you want to see us impose ourselves and play Arteta's philosophy. And not adapt. You know, we're a big enough club not to have to adapt to the to the to the opponent. But I'm I'm just thinking we don't want to get fucking a fucking mauling here, if you get what I'm saying. Exactly. Well, yeah, and you know, is this the kind of I mean Ozil, I would argue in that game against West Ham wasn't was poor. particularly yeah. lively. Yeah, he got an assist, good for him. Other than that though, he essentially was a mm. passenger. And he was caught and Far when you're going up, and it didn't sue him. Yeah, he just he looks so lost on so mm. many occasions, and not just because of his nonchalant manner that looks like he's half asleep all the time, but just yeah, he looked positionally lost. And I'm not sure that we can afford to have somewhat of a passenger starting against a team as well drilled as Pep's. So, you know what? I'm going to switch mine, Alfie. You're a damn good <laughs> lawyer. I'm, I'm going to go with that midfield three too. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Jaka Ceballos and, and Guendouzi. I will say sorry. Uh, wow, is it is it that sh- that that surprising? Probably coronavirus. <coughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you're saying something like that. Disgraceful. 
whatever you said. <laughs> I can't believe you <laughs> yeah. changed your opinion because of a, of a well-orchestrated exactly. argument. <laughs> no, no, I just choked in some water. Could have died. Quite serious. So gay. <laughs> God. You're so, you're so weak. Yeah, <laughs> This is oh. this is the worst what about the, uh, I've ever done. <laughs> this, this really is. We're in absolutely dreadful form. So <laughs> I'll tell you what. Big name front guess. three. Oh my gosh. We would never get one again. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. Front three um, questions. And then let's just fucking kill yeah. this motherfucker, dude. We are struggling. Front three. Actually, I went for something oh. a bit different. I went for, I went for Martinelli mm. on the left. Albamiang down the middle and Pepe on the right. I'll tell you what, Alfie, that Zinchenko guy against Manchester United was horrendous. Not actually he was getting game, so. scorched. He looked terrible mm. there too. So I just think that maybe playing some pacey wingers up against him would be a good idea. And I think that as you have you as you've changed your mind, I think that would probably suit it more in that if you're playing Gwendozi Shaka um Sabios, you know, you're, you're naturally going to be sort of looking towards more of a slightly more pragmatic style, and having the pace and the counter could be a could be useful in that. I think that's, and you know, if you look at United, that sort of worked when they had James um, and Martial up there. I think that's a fair enough uh, point. Personally, I play Lacazette. I just think he is a big game player. I know we haven't mm. seen it enough this season, but. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd start Lacazette, Aubameyang on the left, um, and I went Pepe on the right. But I do think there's a genuine case for Nelson, as I was saying, particularly if Özil plays. I think more for Nelson because you'll have that a bit more balance on that right hand side with Özil and and Nelson um, with the two a left foot and a right foot, and Nelson defensively will work harder and offer a bit more protection for whoever's playing at right back. Um, but yeah, I, I would go with the, yeah. the big front three and then go with a slightly more pragmatic midfield. That's fair enough. You know, and only time will tell what Arteta will actually mm. opt for. Um, I think this I think this game, we'll probably see that back four we were mentioning, Leno and Goal, obviously. I think we'll see the midfield trio mm. again of uh, Xhaka, Ceballos, and Ozil. I think he will go for that. Um, because I think it's a statement for him, really. I don't think he's... He yeah, does yeah. not strike me as a guy who's going to sit back, really. I just... I can't yeah. see him and doing he doesn't, that. And he doesn't want to adapt for the opposition. He's not... He's the complete opposite of Boone Emery. Yeah. In that sense. And only time will tell uh, whether or not that's to a bad mm. extent, I guess you could well, say. Well, exactly uh, 42 hours will tell. Slightly less than that. Yes, so we're really looking forward to it. Um, really looking forward to it, but not really at the same time. You know what I mean? No. It's like I want to yeah, watch yeah. my team play, but I also don't want to watch my team play. Mm. That is basically exactly. that's the life of an Arsenal fan. So I'll tell you yeah. what, we're we're in bad form, yeah. Alfie. I'm, I'm. This is. I don't know what's wrong. I can just feel it. I, it's just all. It's just. It's just not going well. Katie's. Katie's inside sick. You know, so I don't know if I'm like thinking of man, should I touch her when I get inside, or should I just kind of put a hazmat suit on and be like, "Yo, stay away from me." 
you know, so yeah. maybe that's where it could be the third confirmed case in, uh, in Florida. Yeah. So, I mean, what, how, how Danielish would it be? I mean, Florida has a population of, of 30 million people. Wow. So, um, how Danielish would it be to, to, for me to get the fucking coronavirus and be the <laughs> third person in the whole state? That is a, there is a point zero 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 one percent chance of that happening. And mm. I would probably fucking contract it. So actually to, to, to be fair, if Katie had it, I would actually be the fourth. So I don't mm. know what that would do for the mathematical side of things. And I don't care. Um, I'm, I'm just a guy that runs a shitty Shitty podcast. Shitty podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Alfie, questions, and then let's get the fuck out of yeah. here, man. Seriously. <laughs> uh, well, we might as well start with coronavirus. Let me just get it up. That's what she said. Uh, someone asked. <laughs> that, that, to be fair, that was pretty decent. Thank you. That's uh, what she someone said. Asked, <laughs> is the, uh, someone asked, is the... Uh, uh, sorry, James underscore Bolton. I think he asked something last week as well says uh are people overreacting about coronavirus and how long until it affects english football funny that he asked that our our president who you know is not a controversial guy at all everyone likes him um (laughs) (laughs) he at at first was really under the impression that this is all bullshit and as he loves to say so much fake news but (laughs) I have a weird feeling that it is actually kind of serious, you know, given the fact that they're fucking shutting down stadiums and all that crap, man. It's, it seems mm. pretty crazy, but like uh, Alfie and I were talking about it beforehand, and I guess it only it like feels kills like old people. You and America haven't really had the full coverage. Well, the, the American coverage feels like it's been very different to to, uh, it, to in Europe because it's fucking f- massive. Yeah. It seems like yeah. it. I mean, of course, in Italy, the, it's growing massively. They've just uh, suspended Serie A, and I genuinely feel like it is a matter of time now before it starts affecting English football. Um, it's spreading very quickly in the UK. I think there's all, uh, over 300 cases. I might be wrong in that. Um, but, you know, it was it was like 30 two weeks ago. So I think wow. it's going to keep spreading. Um, and yeah, that is not good. Obviously in your country, in, in America, it's nowhere near as spread. Um, it is, it's definitely serious in that, you know, for for people over 80, I think the fatality rate is 14%, which is pretty high. For people, most people, it's not really going to affect you, but... You know, if most people start getting it, then it will spread to those who are vulnerable, um, which is obviously not a good thing. I genuinely, yeah, to to answer the question, are people overreacting? Sort of. People are a bit irrational. Um, If you don't know Daniel, but my dad went to uh, Tesco, major supermarket chain over here on the weekend. Mm. Uh, The fucking toilet paper aisle, nothing left completely done toilet paper the fucking yeah yeah everyone's what stopped buying on toilet paper what the fuck's toilet paper gonna do what are you gonna make a ford out of the rolls 
<laughs> no, because people are scared that uh, it'll run out and people or we'll all get trapped in our houses. We'll all get ice, have to quarantine ourselves. Um, but also pasta. The pasta aisle was completely run out. People are all bulk buying, you know, loads of stuff so they so they don't die. Or they're, they're not left with nothing when we all have to stay in our houses, which is completely irrational. Toilet, toilet paper, people. Yeah. Out of all things. Dude, when the chips are down, if everybody <laughs> outside of your flat is dying, it, it's, it, you, it, nobody cares if you wipe your ass with your hand anymore. Gosh. You're in your fucking house. Why did you buy some food so you don't starve to death? Oh God, <laughs> Jesus well, it's Christ! Paper pasta. Anyway, yeah, that is irrational and that is an overreaction. But to answer oh, your my. question, James, yes, I think it's inevitable. Possibly in a matter of weeks, we'll be seeing games close, uh, play behind closed doors. Yeah, I, 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 I could see it too. You know, mm. I mean, give it. I didn't know it was that serious because the the coverage of it has been mm. practically non-existent here. I've been hearing about it but it's like you know how us americans are we're just fucking memeing on it you know we're like got him coronavirus says bitch you know y'all are dying mm. see you like that's it you know so i just thought it was like a meme mm. but no I'm, it is properly it's properly serious right. and uh what was gonna say yeah it's starting to properly fuck my job over well both my part-time job uh you know how i work in events yeah well a lot of these events are now being cancelled because no one wants to go to them in fear of uh contamination wow um and also uh if if they're not being cancelled uh they're getting restrict restricted the amount of people attending them are massively restricted in numbers so obviously because i'm on a zero hour contract a lot of those jobs aren't going and also my other part-time job technically is you know covering arsenal if the the premier league if if it's shut down or if it's affected then obviously both my things are going to be affected so it's affecting me obviously i can't be complaining that much because there are people who are actually affected by the disease um but yes yeah, that's just showing it how it's affecting almost everyone i went to the hairdressers the other day and they said oh it's affecting our business can't remember wow. what, what the reason was but yeah so it's starting to affect everyone, whether they're getting the disease or not. So, yeah, the virus. It's not good. Not good. Yeah. But, but Dwight, Dwight Troop of the American office said we needed a new plague. Mm. And there you go. Mm. Yeah, not good. We're all going to die! <laughs> uh this is such a bad podcast. I don't know yeah. where it's gone. Just do a uh, couple couple more and then let's get out of yeah, here. I gotta yeah. take a nap and cry. <laughs> uh Arsenal underscore Hobbuck uh says Yeah, I know. Uh how much do you think we'll struggle without Torreira and what are your thoughts on Sabias's form? I think Sabias's form has been promising. He looks a lot better defensively than I thought he was. Um but I do think he's a primarily attacking player, obviously. Um, so it's the Terrera injury that has him out for the rest of the season. That's just been confirmed earlier today. Is going to be a massive miss, but no sense in fucking complaining, right? You know, you just have to kind of adapt and mm. overcome. Completely agree. Uh, 
yeah, and as I was saying earlier, I think that game, the game against West Ham, we saw the uh, deficiencies in that Shaka, uh, Shaka Sabah's pivot, um, you know, with them not being as mobile. And I think we've already missed Torreira in that game. And I think this game in particular, this Man City game, will be probably a bigger miss in the end. Uh, 7.S1D uh, says, do you think a front four with uh, Lacquer, Aubameyang, Pepe and Martinelli could work in a 4-4-2 with no Ozil? Thoughts? Mm. Maybe. I don't think we're going to be switching to a 4-4-2 I don't anytime either. soon. And I'd, uh, mm. Realistically, no. Not unless that was um, against like a much lower ranked side. You know, like yeah. I just... I mean, if we had a midfield that could play in a two, I think there's a, there's a possibility that could work. That, you know, if we had Thomas Partey and... Rabio is who we were talking uh, about. Verratti. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, just two players like that. Yeah. With Partey, Verratti, um, or Goretzka and Thiago yeah. at Bayern. If, if we had that sort of midfield, maybe we could do it, but... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't know if our midfielders could handle the workload that be given to them from that system. So, no. No, to be honest, I I couldn't see you uh I couldn't see us having that kind of um that 442 formation. I just lost connection there with Alfie for a moment. I'm not sure what mm. happened, but luckily I was talking the whole Neither time. So we're good. Um cool. <laughs> Yeah, so no, I couldn't realistically see that, to be honest. Um, maybe in like the, I agree. the first round of a Caribou Cup or something draw, you know, but probably yeah. not, probably but not. I'm not sure we'll have all of those four players next season anyway. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's leave it there. What absolute terrible shit show. There are a few things that are just horrible in this world. Um, the worst of which being Tottenham. Um, <laughs> the second being the current epidemic of the coronavirus. And the third being episode number 34 of the Arsenal Cannon podcast. This was mm. a train wreck. but Diabolical. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, nonetheless, for showing up. Shambolic. And listening. Mm. This is a fucking horrible podcast. We just have had... I, I don't know what... I can't pinpoint what was so bad about it. But it was just terrible. Uh, just I think we're in bad form, man. That's all. You know what it is? Mm. I It's my fucking mm. birthday, man. I'm already kind of drunk for it. Just thinking about the booze, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, exactly. The changing in age is sort of getting to us. We haven't adapted yet to our new ages. Yeah, I'm well, oh, sorry. I was just... Uh, you, you'll adapt. Yeah, yeah. You, you you're preparing to adapt, and I haven't quite adapted to nineteen yet. So yeah, so it's uh, we're growing up, and so is this podcast. Mm. And there's going to be some growing pains, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, with mm. when Andrew came on, dude, we fucking Ronaldo, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. we had a, a spot kick in the 90th minute, converted easy under pressure. Don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But today we're just feeling a little bit off. Even the best strikers in the world miss chances, people. You know? Yeah. Even Messi has an off day. So I'm sorry. But nonetheless, leave a review, a five-star one preferably. Um, we do appreciate you listening and tuning in with us. Alfie, 
to close this motherfucker marketing opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, we love your arsenal.co.uk and we dot love dot you like a you not y-o-u dot arsenal on instagram uh and join my flick chat group chat uh and donate your 50 pixels that you get from using my link to be and i get money cheers yeah yeah wow what a seller also don't forget to subscribe to <laughs> alfie's only fans um very good content that he posts. <laughs> um yeah success <laughs> Exceptional stuff there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, effort, I'm, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this shit. 34 episodes in, I'm calling it quits. Just threw my <laughs> threw my pen at the microphone. I'm, I'm out of here. Alfie, Fair I'll late. see you on the next one, man. Toodaloo, motherfuckers. Yeah. We'll see you after an, see you an inevitable loss to Manchester City. See ya.